dear Steve, be a good boy and grab the medicinal stuff. The medicinal stuff. Okay, with pleasure. Medicinal. Actually, it only has medicinal notes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And nutty notes. Nutty notes. <laughs> yes, nutty notes. I like Apparently, some good it's nutty full notes. bodied oh. with vibrant aromas from nose to finish. Mm. Oh, wait, we're forgetting something. Uh, the techie bit. The techie bit, oh. yes, we're jumping right to the end, actually. <laughs> so, yes, I'm sitting there having a playback. We'll probably be echoing a little bit at the beginning of this. Oops. I don't echo. care, it's been one of those nights. Yeah. We're knackered again and sitting down. Yes. <laughs> We're getting old. We're old either, men. Either that was a distinct lack of motivation tonight. Uh, no, I was very motivated. I was. was. Um, uh, no, I am. I am. I'm, I'm always very motivated uh, to come over here. And, and also because this time it was only 20 minutes away from my customer that is very true where you were playing with hololens exactly yes and i have to say it was it a different it was experience a different because experience. with my quest uh, oculus quest it's it's like full vr and yep. this is of course just ar and but it, it's got some funny funny little things <coughs> like going to the to the window settings thing, you have to like put your arm out and you have to actually look at your wrist, not on the side of your watch, but the other side. And then the Windows logo will appear in your palm and then you can tap that to do stuff. So, yeah. I sat playing with it with the, the new HoloLens. Is it two or three headsets now? Two? I have no idea. Three. So whatever no the idea. new one is uh, at South Coast Summit and they were putting on uh they had a lotus formula one car okay. um in the middle of the floor that everybody's walking through because it didn't really exist of course and yes. then uh, yes. and then you were basically changing the tire and putting it on and i have to say <clears throat> from the first time that i probably touched this 18 months ago i thought the whole sort of tactile command and operation stuff has improved 200 percent. okay Okay. Being able to enlarge it, bring it right forward, you know, close it down. You need tactile feedback. Um, yes, well, of course, there's there's nothing touching your wrists at this point. In no, time. and that's one of the things that I like with my Oculus is that it does have because you have those hand things. Yes, like uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yeah. So that that actually gives you a little. Haptic feedback, so that's that's nice. So, how what would you do? Would you have something kind of on your wrist? Yeah, yeah. So this little band around your wrist, so that it doesn't fall. Oh God! No, I, I refuse. Oh. I will not mention Hololens and porn. I'm not going to go there at all with a band around your wrist. I mean, it would just uh, open up everything you need. To be honest, porn on the Oculus is just amazing. VR <laughs> porn is is freaking amazing. You suddenly um. I've got a six-pack, I'm, I'm All right, black, stop, stop, I'm stop. 20 <laughs> years old. <laughs> Told yeah. you I shouldn't have mentioned it, couldn't no. resist it. Okay. I think we might need to let Wendy in. She wants to take part in the podcast yes. again, as always. See what she does. So, yeah, come on then. No, I'd rather stay out here and annoy you by barking and seeing whether... Yeah, typical, typical lady yeah. after attention. <laughs> well, we are going to get in trouble on this podcast, aren't we? Yes. Oh well, that's okay. We've managed to get not to not get into trouble for one hundred and one episodes. So that's true. We should try harder. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and obviously we are. Obviously we are. So yes. So um, we have got a great whiskey to taste later. Mm-hmm. All right. And, really and looking it is forward the to Is that how you pronounce it? Actually, I have no idea how to pronounce that. Oh, well, in that case, I was because perfect. It's there's a little a little uh, accent on the first A. And so what does an accent mean in Scottish? That's a really good. Uh, oh well, it is a, a. I did read what the translation was. What it actually meant. So we are talking um, about the Lefroig Gerdius. Yeah. So um, expressions. Uh, Doesn't it say on top of the page maybe? How to pronounce it. How to it. pronounce it? Nope. Oh. No. 
not at all. But there you go. So um, it is actually uh, an, a rarity. So you need to be a Lafrague friend to be able to, to pull this bottle. Um, it's from the number one warehouse, and I'm already describing the whiskey. So we've got to do some tech stuff first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, yeah. yes. We've been looking forward to this for a little while, haven't we? <coughs> one way or another. Do the whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All righty. So we had no idea... If anybody, let's, let's talk oh. about what we've done for the last two weeks. Um, what have I done for the last two weeks? Not what a lot, really. What have we done? Shopping. No, I mean no. Tech, tech stuff. A tech stuff. Have you, have you done anything? <coughs> or is there anything in the next week or something that's going to happen? No. So uh, what have I done? Um, mainly, mine's been around change and stuff, unfortunately. I'm at that point where I finished most of the tech stuff, at phase one tech stuff release. Um, nope, I lie. I lie, we actually managed to get Teams calling working um, on oh, the nice. network, which took us a little while. Um, so oh, you're, you're that one company in Belgium that does <laughs> Teams call. No. So Skype for Business, um, been in, in, it was actually on-premise because when Microsoft disconnected it from the cloud, mm-hmm. the company was not ready to do the MS Teams stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we brought it on premise so that we could continue with Skype for Business while we prepared. You um, didn't build it on an Azure virtual server. That was funnily enough a question I asked a team a few days ago when they said to me, We need to upgrade 30 servers. And I'm going, Really? And all I kept getting was, Oh, we hadn't thought about that. So, yeah. yeah, that was a conversation. But no, we didn't. And I think you can't anyway. No idea. Because. I don't know if it's a good idea. I'm not an Azure virtual server no. expert. So. No, let's not move there. So anyway, um, I was told it was like a, a one-day job to change this thing over from uh, Skype for Business calling to, to MS Teams calling. Because when they told me what needed to be done, it kind of made sense. Right. Then it turned out like that... Like flip a switch. Kind of. <laughs> not quite that much. Uh, but they, they did the new design because it's network, yeah? Mm-hmm. So the first thing we needed to do was move stuff into DMZ because the connection to Microsoft on the voice... Okay, let me let me go back a bit. You're looking at me as if to say, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Um, so we have a number of voice providers in, this, in Belgium. Yeah. Okay, so let's just go with the one everybody knows, which is Orange. Okay, so everybody okay. around the world knows Orange. So Orange bringing in a big pipe Mm-hmm. And it completes on um, a um, uh, a bit like a converter box. Let's just mm-hmm. call it yeah. an endpoint converter box. Yeah. And this particular one was um, uh, audio. We interviewed the audio guy. code. Audio code. Good call. All right. Audio code box. Uh, and then out of the audio code box, you go basically SIP or voice over IP and SIP. Mm-hmm. And then that gives you all the different channels you want. And then that connects into your Skype for business. Yeah. All right. But of course, you go through a number of other ones, servers to get there, including some virtual audio codes boxes. So we have physical ones. So what you have to do, of course, is make sure that your SIP traffic can now, instead of going to the local server, now goes up to... Um, the cloud. Microsoft or yeah. the cloud. Okay. Um, which basically means readjusting your network and re-putting a few nodes in. And so th- I have to say I'm about eight weeks behind on this just because we kept tripping over one thing after another. Yeah. And then the biggest problem then after that was connecting your client back to um, the updated, modified um, audio codes box. Um because of all the defense in depth firewall ports okay. so it was it was you kind of got it so far into the network and then you had to open another port and another port um and so i think that that's where the problem was it took them about two weeks but yes so this week we had the calls coming through uh, and then you have to reroute the media through a different kind of set of ports the same as we did at atlas copco mm-hmm. or same as i did at atlas copco i think you'd potentially moved on then when i did all of that work can't remember no, nope. you're remember. pulling faces. Nope. So yes, actually, that was successful. So the calls are now in. So our pilots have been changed over, and by the end of this month, I'll have all the users on MS nice. Teams calling. And the upside is you can then go into. Sorry, I know this. No. You've got me started now. No, no, no. Shout okay. boring whenever you're ready. Um, 
But now we can go into Teams mode. So before we was in island mode, yep. uh, which basically meant you created Skype and Teams completely separately. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in Teams mode, which means it doesn't even know Skype for Business exists anymore. So, uh, yes, okay. there you go. So two questions. One, did you celebrate? <coughs> Not yet. Not yet. You're going to celebrate when everyone's moved over? Yeah, okay. I've got 500 people or so to migrate. Probably a bit less, 350 maybe, by the time we ask people, do you still want this number? What number? and then Uh, my second question is we are not going to talk about change but how are you going to change the people how are you going to do the the change process well it was actually um i used a special technique i delayed the changeover no i delayed the changeover which basically meant that people started to get fed up of working in skype for business and ms teams so they were eager to go desire to Teams call it. Yes, I set the desire. Yes. Yeah, so people were saying, look, why are we using two objects? Well, because of the way that it's configured. Add crappy blah, legacy blah, blah, blah. tech to improve desire. So yes. consequently, when we get it changed over, people were screaming for it. So it's quite simple, really. Um, a couple of e-learning courses that told you how to make a call and all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, that was it. But I've only done the simple thing so far, which is people that have got one number. You know, so yeah. they've got an incoming number and an outgoing yeah. number. Because yeah, once yeah. you get your incoming number, I can divert it to any Teams client. They don't need to have Teams calling enabled. Yeah. Okay. So uh, if you could dial in on my number, then I can do that. It's, it's amazing watching my dog. She knows that she's getting our attention, and that's all she's after. Mm-hmm. So she's sitting there looking at it with the tail wagging, going, If I bark long enough, you will come and open the door, and then I'll run away. Yeah, all right. Sorry, guys. I know you're not really interested in what the dog's doing, but it's uh, a day at home with Steve and Moraine. Yeah. That sounded deeper than it really was, but there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. um, So, that's how I set... Basically, we've set that up. So, uh, it was working and and done. And and if you do a test, there's a number of things you need to do which are really weird. One is you need to put a call on hold, but longer than 30 minutes. Because Why is that? one of the timeouts kicks in. If you don't get it configured okay. right, the timeout kicks in and cuts the call off. So you have to make sure that you can still answer the call after 30 minutes and then re-divert it. So part of the test script was doing all of that kind of stuff to make sure that uh, it was all done. I would rather say part of the test script is make sure that a call will not be waiting for longer than 30 minutes. That would be the but, quality side of things, yeah. yes. But it, it was just testing yeah, one of the... Yeah. I didn't get yeah. into too much of the details. Um, and then next year will be exciting because we have the call center to try and migrate. Um, yeah. And then that will be exciting. What I'm hoping is that we're not using too many features on the call center so we can just move them straight into MS Teams calling because MS Teams calling has now got pickup groups. Yeah. Um, and calling groups, mm-hmm. and so a lot of those things I think will be good. There might be a few things missing, but we'll we'll see where we go. So I've got that assessment happening in two or three weeks' time. All right. So we'll cool. work out what we got. So yes, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. Because considering I didn't think I was doing anything too techy, then then that was that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, migrating a few people through through a few phone users. Actually, do I have? I actually have a few stories now. You've got me yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, You've Come got on, me going. Bring it. <clears throat> um, Story s- time with Maran and Steve. <laughs> uh, Gather around, children. F three license. F three license. What is the limitation with uh, an F three license? I've got no idea. I'm assuming F means frontline worker. Correct. Okay. So would that be the equivalent of an E tree, but then an F tree? Yeah. So the biggest the biggest things that causes the problems uh, is that you can only have two gigabytes of email and two gigabytes of OneDrive. Okay. So that's what you need to try and do. So you've got to try and basically then migrate people. Okay. I'm gonna start getting annoyed with that doggy zoom. There you go. I will tell her. I'll, I'll do the force thing. <laughs> See, she stopped barking now. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so consequently, when they've been on a, an external server and they've been on there for five or ten years, they might have a little bit more than 
two gigabytes of email. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, when we went through all of these six, 700 users that were only on F3 mobile devices, um, uh, it, I- it identified that the top 130 had more than 50 gigabytes of emails. Oh, So it's not a simple case of saying, delete a few emails, please, so that we can migrate you. And the migration tool just will not migrate them. It says, I'm sorry, I can't get 50 into two. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of my it's, colleagues... It's one of the things that you cannot say during sex, but you can say during a migration. Oh, no, it's too big. Yes, mm-hmm. that's cool. Okay. We were, we're Just so you guys in the know, we were watching some improv comedy. Things that you can say um, to your wife, but you can't say on the train or something. Like, yeah. oh, it's coming on time, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, so that's exactly right. It wouldn't, it wouldn't actually migrate. So, and you can't just go in and delete emails by size. You can't turn around and say, look, just take 1.9 gigabytes of emails because you don't have that criteria. How would you... you just the last it? emails or something, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you just can't do that. So no. you, what you have to do is you have to choose one of the other triggers. So the other trigger could be a date. So, hey... Um, or, Everything after uh, 2019. Yeah, or the last six months yep. from today or yep. something like that. And, of course, um, you do get archiving. So you can actually say, keep a year's emails and archive the last six months. Hmm. And then and then if they have any emails that they want to keep, they can go and change the retention. So that led us to the clue. And Francis, my friend, if you're listening, thank you very much. You were the guy that worked this out. Um, But basically, we changed the retention. So we said, you're only going to retain six months' worth of emails and we'll archive a year's worth. And that immediately comes in and deletes all the stuff that they, all the extra stuff. Um, And that then brought us down to less than the two gigs. Um, And then if they wanted to keep any emails, um, they can say, hey, don't implement any retention on these emails. And then that email will never get retained, and so it will never get removed. And so the important emails they were able to keep, and okay. then they just go swinging into uh, into the cloud quite happily. So yeah, that was a little challenge that took a little while to do. And the upside of that is that you can keep the same retention when you get into the cloud, and they never go over two gigs. Nice. So yeah. they don't run out of capacity. Yeah. So I forgot I'd done that too. Okay. There busy, you go. Busy two weeks? Yeah, it is. Well, some of it's a little longer than two weeks, yeah. if I'm fair. Yeah. So what about you, bro? Oh, I had two very, let's say, weird customers. Weird customers. Weird let's customers. hope they're not listening. No, they're Would not. Would they know no. who they are? Uh, probably. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to name names, but they probably know who they are. And actually, both of them... And I, I've, I keep wondering if they were both maybe migrated by the same company. Both of them were working together in OneDrive. Two separate companies working together in OneDrive. No, no, no. So each of these two companies were working together internally via OneDrive. And not SharePoint. This, uh, not SharePoint, ah, no. I got it. So the one company, which is a uh, spin-off of a um, university uh, handling medical stuff. Um, 15 people company, and they actually bought uh, three licenses, three Microsoft 365 licenses, because they're with three teams, and every team gets one license. So they're just working in OneDrive, because that gives them one terabyte for every team. Um, and they can install Word and Excel and PowerPoint and Outlook, the only problem is they don't have their own personal accounts. So they're mixing their own personal email, personal Gmail <laughs> account yes. with their team account. And they can't use the calendar. They can't use the email box. They can't use their um, office at all. They can't change each other's files. They can't go into meetings the same people because it will just take over the meeting. So they had a bunch of issues. So they called me in for an inspiration session. An inspiration and I session. showed them... Inspired by Moraine. Yes. Oh, good patch. Let's get some stickers done. Nice. And also what I also showed them was the new 
um, of uh, Microsoft 365 periodic table by Matt Wade. Oh, yes. So you know that one from Matt that he created a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, he's updated he it. He updated it, um, and, and I showed that to those people. Brilliant. Um, the other company I had... So let's go oh, back sorry. to that for yeah. a second. So presumably the decision was made originally to keep the costs down. Yes. Just to, so don't pay yes. for the licenses. Yeah. Yep. And so have you but managed to get upgrade they, their license then? Uh, not yet, because they uh, were paying for um, SurveyMonkey, because they're doing a lot of surveys, and I showed them forms, and they were like, hmm, then we can close off our SurveyMonkey account. Yeah. Um, and they were also using something else, and I can't remember what it was. They were also using something else, and they can also let that go. So did you get forms then in Microsoft personal office? It's not personal. It's, it was an E3 license that oh, they all okay. got. So, oh, okay. I apologize. Yeah. yeah. And the other customer I got was a school, small school, uh, just like your average village school. Small school, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they used to be working in the G Suite. Surprise, surprise. And then some company... Uh, said, okay, we'll move you over to um, Office 365 because of free licenses and all. Um, and they said, we're going to move everything to your OneDrive and you need to work from your OneDrive and you need to share. If you want to share something with other people, share it from your OneDrive. And we will put a, a SharePoint intra mini intranet in place uh, with one main site and subsites and sub sub subsites and sub 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 subsites. Ouch! And ouch! 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 Yes. Ouch! 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 Exactly. Uh, plus, the IT guy from the school was also managing twelve other schools, so doing everything IT related. So he didn't know that much from Office three six five. Plus, he also didn't have a lot of time to book on that school. Um, he of course didn't know what to do. He didn't know what was right. Um, so yeah, that was um, interesting as well. Cool. I was. I mean, you got me going now. So uh, tomorrow, I think it's tomorrow. We're running, losing track, but I got a meeting tomorrow to um, go through a new security um, layout and rollout. So um, I'm gonna kind of go on a little bit here just for a second to to uh, i've got a mini a weed ram coming out on this all sure. right so some point guys you'll be able to catch up with this but there's uh, a number of levels i think we go through one we've talked about baseline governance yeah i need to do something minimum just to get it moving get it in there um, and then you evolve of course so you make some changes you implement some small changes you do a few bits and bobs here and there um, and then of course I'm, I'm calling the next level the rethink you know, because 18 yeah. months further down the line, they've got a lot more knowledge about their content and information. They don't need to have a lot of knowledge about Microsoft 365 or SharePoint, but they do understand now how permissioning works and the kind of overhead that, you know, a complex security or not a complex security system works. So um, I basically had a meeting with them a few months ago and um and kind of said look all right this is what you need to do really you need to just do the standard matrix so hey put a, a list down the side of the different people or, or organization uh, levels in the organization sites or containers across the top and work down whatever you want to put in there mm -hmm. and so it took them quite a while to get that done because they uh, of course yeah. they went through the board and they yeah. got it approved and things and then i got this spreadsheet about five weeks ago and it was a very detailed spreadsheet. So they had 30 sites across the top. Mm -hmm. And then um, on the left-hand side, all of these different kind of roles within the organization. Yeah. So board level, directors, Sales, team leaders. HR. No, no, that would be the sites across the top. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the layers within the organization. Because basically what I said to them was, look, we can set it up so that the only thing you need to choose is the role within the organization. So I'm a team leader, for mm -hmm. example, uh, and the team that they are a member of. So it may well be sales, customer yeah. support. And then I can automate everything else so that it will give you whatever you want to give for that 
level of person in that team from all the places that you've got around there. And With so for example, dynamic groups or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, <clears throat> basically we, uh, we use the extensions from AD. Mm-hmm. We, we create dynamic groups automatically. And then um, of course we will go and pre-program all the sites and, and use those dynamic groups um, to do the security. And the idea being that they'll never really have to go back into the SharePoint stuff again to be able to do that. But it gets quite complicated because I had um, 30-something sites, as I said. Mm-hmm. And then in each site, they had um, all of the board members can read write on any site. And then all of the directors yeah, can read write on any site. that's what they always want to do. But yeah, then yeah, again, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think it's fine. But anyway. All right, I'm going to do a pause, guys, just to... And Marie can talk for a second. I don't think it's fine that that, uh, the board members can read and write and do everything that they want. Um, Funny funny story while I've got the mic for a few more seconds. Funny story is that I just got a, a ticket from one of my customers... Uh, just yesterday, uh, where we moved Football ticket, a, a help desk ticket. Oh, okay. Um, because we, uh, the board members were um, kind of external people that were on the board, um, and we let them uh, access the board site with their own Gmail, whatever account, the personal account. Um. We actually said a few weeks ago, you know what, with all the amount of uh, sensitive information, let's give them an account. And um, so we've done that. We've talked to them. We've given them the account, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Um, And now uh, I got a ticket uh, from this guy saying, uh, okay, I've done everything that you asked me to and I understand everything. It's perfectly explained. But I can't see my projects on my gmail account anymore and i can't see my (laughs) meetings on my apple iphone anymore so can you please fix that so no i don't think it's fine that board members can just have read and write uh, access to everything because they will f it up no i don't agree i think if the business requests it then you have no choice but to offer it as much as you can advise right or wrong then that's what they can do. So okay. you can advise them and say, no, just give them read access. But exactly. yeah. it's about ego and they pay the bills it, it, and they yes. pay your invoice. They pay the bills. That is the most important bit, yes. So what? So way, the, the way this will pan out, which has turned out to be quite interesting, is that there's also a bunch of documents that need to be displayed in every site. Mm-hmm. So there's not only the kind of site with the team libraries and the team managers' libraries and different access to different places, there's also a kind of set of topics and knowledge, which ideally topics would be a cool way of doing it, but that's not going to work. So, um, yeah, it's uh, architecture and search and displaying them in different pages and trying to help them understand that just because they have access to the site doesn't mean that those quality documents, for example, would appear because they don't have access to them. So yeah. con- contractors will not be able to see the quality documents but the normal team member will be able to, for example. Yeah. So it takes out quite heavy by the time you've done. I think I'll end up with about 140 dynamic groups because of the different combinations of sites and groups. And it's better just to do everything. Yeah, Not, not to go where you don't really need that today, so we won't bother. Just no. do everything. Um, and then by the time I've worked out the URLs and what access all those groups need, I'm guessing it'll be three or four times that by the time we finish. So uh, somebody will be doing a lot of PowerShell work, and it won't be me. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that'll need to be done because I you can't do anything until you've generated the group. So yeah, yeah so that's uh, the presentation and the sell tomorrow. Um, and then, of course, you need to think about um, the evolution of that. So what happens if somebody wants access to another site? So then you have to come up with a scenario where that dynamic group can have access to a particular location on a different site because that role for that department needs it, but not everybody needs it. 
Mm-hmm. So you need to build that into the process. So I can, I've now got the onboarding kind of form, but then you've also got the additional site form because that will require a different set of work. Yeah. And then, of course, you have to think about, hmm, it used to be good to be able to say, add a new document to this site, but now it's not so easy because now you've got to add a new document, sorry, document library to this site. But now you've got to think about the document library and the dynamic groups and, you know. So the normal site owner's, probably not going to be able to deal with uh, creating a library on their site. No. But that's the cost of rethinking. That's the cost of two years into SharePoint, now understanding the power it can have within the organization. Uh, and we, we lived for two years quite happily with baseline governance. And there was specific reasons for having to redo the permissioning. It was about bringing in frontline workers, but realizing those frontline workers would be an automatic member of, you know, all users except externals. Yeah. And all of a sudden, and that was a read in the baseline governments to say, well, let's give everybody read access and just take away the, you know, um, sensitive sites. And finally, um, I had a workshop today actually where the uh, keywords to keep me quiet wasn't cucumber. Okay. For those of us that was at the uh, South End Summit last week, but uh, it was whiskey. <laughs> so okay. anytime you want to shut me up, just shout whiskey because we got a great bottle. Okay. But okay. just to, to, to close this one off, um, those dynamic groups, I have to check and test. But with the sensitivity labels, there's a very good chance you'll be able to pull sensitivity labels in to say that anything classed as confidential, for example, will, can only be viewed by... These groups. The board level or the director level groups. So I have to double check that. And that way, it doesn't matter where the document is on what site it's in. They will only be able to be viewed by those dynamic groups if I can use dynamic groups in sensitivity labels. So I don't know that yet. I've got to go check. But it's, it's actually magic. And anybody that's listened to my multiple layers of security talk uh, uh, will understand where I'm coming from because I go through the 11 layers of security that you can put in Microsoft 365, which, of course, also is sensitivity labels, and say, if you tag a label with only these people can see it in this group, it takes a normal AAD group, but I don't know yet whether it does the dynamic group. But if it can do that, magic. I bet. I bet it does. And that sounds pretty awesome. The only thing is that you need to tag the document with the sensitivity label anybody can do that the the real problem is if somebody tags a document with the wrong sensitivity label and then all of a sudden it disappears yeah i did tell you to stay away from me that i've had a cough for two days yeah so that's a bit quick or you're just making me feel bad no no no. it's i want to say with all the smoking but i haven't done a lot of smoking so so i'm getting the impression you didn't want to talk about loop tonight no, actually, I did. I I think Loop is a brilliant subject. And actually, it amazes me that we haven't talked about Loop until now. Well, that's because we got addicted to change in Adcar. True. It feels like True. we've done a, a huge amount of that ever since Barcelona, which is fine. We're good. Okay, okay. 33 so we can, minutes. Yeah, we can still talk for 20 minutes about Loop. Probably only talk about three. Yeah. (laughs) I like Loop. It's shite. No, no, no. no. (laughs) It has promise. It has has promise, but the problem is it has been promised for a year now or something like that. But we had this conversation earlier where we get the impression that everything is just taking longer to do. And it's either because it's too complicated and Microsoft have to work harder to make everything work. One, two, the whole governance and compliance around Microsoft 365 is now so complex that there are lots of things to consider whenever you roll out a new service. So it's taking longer for that reason. And I can fully understand that. All right. I mean, you do not want to have a security hole in your Microsoft 365 because you didn't test or didn't configure or didn't check or whatever things properly. So that was the second. Well, the third reason has now just left my head completely. Oh, they really aren't working that well from home and the team stuff and the building stuff isn't working as well as they think it is. 
because everything just seems to be taking longer. It used to be they would announce it in May, all right, at the conference in Vegas, and then they would you would see it at Ignite in October and November time, mm-hmm. and uh, you would then receive it Q1. Yeah. Now it seems to be 15 months minimum, 15 to 18 months from when they first show this stuff to when it actually ends up on your tenant. And yet Amplify suddenly appeared and boom, it's in private preview, public preview from January. Yep. So, yeah, I, 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 it's a, an interesting. So saying loop and how bad it is and it's not getting there and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, we, we were promised the loop app in the summertime. In the summertime, it's never, it's not there. So, and anyway, but it's it's okay. There were a bunch of other things that were said that we would get, but are not coming. But it's it's funny. I actually so have Microsoft turned into a bunch of teasers. Maybe they're teasing me, baby. But then I was I was I had my daughter with me this week, and whenever my daughter's at my place, so I've got this uh, Google. Uh, was that called the Google Assistant uh, thingy? I don't know what the Google one's called. Uh, it's um, not. Um, a, it's, a, it's not the Alexa, but then the Google one. So my hey daughter Google. loves to do "Hey Google, tell me a joke," and she will ask that twenty times in a row. The funny thing is that Google will just um, say the same joke twenty times over and over again. Has uh, she tried asking for a different joke? No. Or as she asked for yesterday's joke. And no. But it appears that she only knows like five jokes or something in Dutch. Anyway, it doesn't oh, matter. in Dutch. Yeah, in Dutch. Um, now, I use that thing for two main reasons. One is to turn on the lights in you my bedroom. Sod. And the other is to uh, set a timer when I'm cooking something. Yes, I do the same thing. Yeah. So I just say, okay, set a timer for three minutes, and then it will do that. Now, this week, that stopped working. So I asked, set a timer, and it said, I don't understand what you're trying to say. I tried that five times. It didn't understand. So that's okay. So my daughter was there. She was asking this this joke, um, same joke, 20 times over and over again. And then... Um, and sorry, then, no, no, sorry. I'm, I'm wrapping. I'm wrapping joke? up. I'm wrap, What uh, was the joke? I, I don't know anymore. You heard Doesn't it matter. Times. Doesn't matter. Um, and then my daughter said, "It's not very smart, is it?" And then I said, "No, because that's already six years old or something." And then I was thinking, "It's true. It is already six years old." So in the last six years, nothing really happened on. That kind of technology. And then I was thinking, what else has Google done the last six years that was really new and innovative and thought-provoking? Couldn't really think about anything. And then if you take a look at other companies, like, for example, Facebook, what have they done for the last few years? Facebook video. Yeah, but um, you got TikTok and whatever that was stuff. first. Yeah, Meta, they're building the Metaverse now, but it's still not but, there but yet. But what Twitter have done? They've completely imploded. Yeah, everyone's going to <coughs> Mastodon if I if I hear it right. Mastodon? What's Mastodon? It's some kind of private Twitter thing where you set up a server and you just join around a campfire-ish thing. Oh, okay, so most Twitter employees are going there. Oh, the employees, I don't know, but I've, I hear a lot of people saying, this is the end of free speech, so uh, I'm going to something else. And So you didn't read the story is... where uh, two days after they got taken over, whatever, but or, well, no, this weekend, globally, the whole division that corrects the political incorrectness in oh, Twitter yeah. all got fired. Yeah. And now they're being asked to come back again. Well, a number Are of... Are they really? No, 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 a number of... Uh, there, there were now a number of job openings because they figured out that they can't run it without the knowledge of some people. Uh, so they asked a few people to come back. I don't know if it was that department, but oh well. 
But you're right. Anyway, we're, you're we talk, you're, you're, we're talking you're about Microsoft, no, basically. But, uh, no, I think this is an interesting scenario. Because I, I've recently got into Google more purely because, say, the Windows phone has never come back. I finally accepted that probably about three months ago. Yeah. <sighs> and I've certainly been using the voice stuff in Google a lot more because I've mm. now got the Android car thing in there. So that works out quite well. And Oh, and it, I was, I was going to pick up uh, some kebab on the way over here. So... I put your address in on the Google thing on my car, and then I wanted to add an extra stop for a kebab place. So I tried the, the voice thing because I didn't want to go to restaurants. So I just said kebab, and it said, okay, the nearest one is 40 minutes away from here. Oh, well. That can't be right. <laughs> anyway, no, sorry. But, but that, I, that's probably a data issue. That's yeah, the other thing that. Might be. We understand this, yeah. So it's we understand. It's 2022. We've got AI that can dolly, that can draw amazing images. We've They're got semi-amazing. Once you try it for a while, they yeah, become true. semi-amazing. Yeah, exactly. But still. And actually, I need to correct something on the podcast. On the 100th podcast, you talk about the fact that um, we would be able to generate music by AI. Mm-hmm. So, because we talk about Dali, and we, of course, we just yeah. issue a new thing. You've been able to generate music by air for about ten years. <laughs> I was thinking about this as I was listening to it play back. I thought, but I've oh, done that before. Okay, so you, you were able to throw a bunch of stuff in. Uh, I might even been on a dial-up modem. Probably not. I'm probably exaggerating there, but yeah. So and then it would come back and play the music. And the reason that it could do that is that it computed a, quite a while ago, maybe twenty odd years ago that um, every piece of music that could ever be created with the available number of notes has been written. Probably. So in yeah. a bar of music, you get so many notes, but every, every combination has been done. So consequently, AI just needs to go and work out based on what you're doing. You know, So you can give it a couple of do 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 would make a good film theme tune that. But anyway, um, <laughs> do, 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 do. And, and then it would create a song from it. So I remember doing that quite, quite a while ago. But okay. Anyway. Yeah, the thing is, though, um, you went to one kebab place and it was closed. Yes. So it could actually have been telling you the truth, that the nearest one that was actually <laughs> open on a Monday night was actually 40 kilometers away. Might but be. you don't trust it, do you? No. No, that's the thing. No. So but you're right about innovation. I think anyway, it's disappearing. We're rabbiting. Back to loop. Loop. <laughs> I so, like loop. I think, I think loop is an interesting phenomenon and but i don't i'm not going to tell talk about the fact that it seems to have taken long to get there but as a single shareable object that can be actively accessed in multiple platforms Mm -hmm. then i think it's awesome yes the concept the concept of a single shareable thing that can be accessed by various applications yes absolutely one piece of data and, and it works and it's live yes and it's available yes, yes so what are you worrying about that's what i thought <laughs> i'm i'm worried about life cycle for one so what we just tested out before we we were playing with it before yeah, yeah. um we started so uh, the first place where you could create a loop component was a team chat. And it would put it nicely in my OneDrive, in my team chat files. <clears throat> now, lately, you can also do that from Outlook. If you're in the advanced preview. Or something. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, just so people don't think. From an email, it. you can do that as well now. And then it will be stored in my attachments. Perfect. I don't know. Yeah, of course it is. Why? Think you're a consultant, aren't you? It doesn't. It doesn't compliance. matter. It doesn't matter from compliance. Work. Okay. Your email retention will be different to your document retention or your Teams chat retention, so it has to be in the place that it can receive the appropriate compliance and it can be archived into the appropriate containers. But I can create it from Teams and then email it to somebody else in my company. And why would I not want to do that with a document or a PowerPoint or something else? And then I yeah. lose the ability, of course, to actually have it as a centralized. Yeah, but then it will not tool. be my attachments folder anymore. No, that's fine. But so then it, again, it your attachments be, on your email can it, be removed and saved somewhere else. 
Now, the idea of loop is that you've got one piece of information that you can access from a number of applications, and it will always be up to date. Yeah? Right. The problem is it's not stored in one location. The problem is, depending on where you create it, it will be stored in a different location. Yes. That's the same as any other document. So I need, if, if yeah, I no, want no, to... Don't, no, don't disagree. I want just to don't find ignore it. me a second. I've just said the same as any other document. So why would it be different? So if I created an Excel file in a team site, then it's boom, it's in the files folder. If I sure. do it in SharePoint, it's in the native library. If I do it on my C drive. Yes. So wherever I create it from, it's saved in the associated location based on my permissions rating. Yes. It's the right thing to do, surely. But the problem is that this is different and that this can be surfaced from a number of applications. If you give people permissions to access it. Yes. Fine. But depending on... So I've, I've created one and it's from Teams and it's now in my team chat files. And now I want to send that over to you because you're also working my company. But now I want to add that to my email because it's always live. But now I need to remember that it's stored in my Teams chat files and not in my attachment not folder. True. And if you s no? No, you okay. would go to where you created it from. You'd say, where is that? Oh, it's in my chat. And so I copy the link from my chat and I include that, that in the is, email. That is true. See, golden nugget. Ching. But but we forget that because we're technical, clever, smart, and we understand it's the background, yes. and we try and find things that are wrong with it because you've still be you you you've still got to be converted to the power of the loop. Yes. So you see the downside of things, which is not a bad thing because we have this great conversation. I I love oh, the five I, minutes to whiskey. Yes, I love the idea. I love the concept. I just don't know what problem it's solving. I do know what problem it's solving, but is it really a problem? Okay, then which one is it? Which one is it solving? Uh, working together wherever your endpoint may be. Perfect. And it works perfectly well. So I yeah. have on uh, many one-to-ones that mm -hmm. I have with people in, my, in the chat that we share together or in my chat or his chat, whatever. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. I have at the top a loop file that we access all the time. So we track our uh, tasks through it or any feedback in it or whatever we've got, and it's accessible to both of us. And it's available all the time. But and where? how do you access it all the time? Uh, we just go to, I just go to, the, to his chat and it's sitting there. But every time you chat, it gets further away in your chat history. No, no, you, you pin it to the top. It works perfectly. Hmm. The thing is, okay. you're not trying hard enough. I think so. <laughs> now, one of the things I'd really like to see, I'd like to see the interface upgraded a little bit. But so, well, um, when the loop app comes, well, no, that but, should have been here this summer. But, but the loop app won't change the loop content itself. It'll just make it easy to get to it. It's a little like OneNote. Yes, I know, and exactly. I hate OneNote. But Why? I'm starting to get converted slowly oh. but surely because of the OneNote app in MS Teams. So when you put your OneNote app into your navigation on the left-hand side and access it, there's a little button at the top called Teams. And if you hit that, it lists all of the OneNotes you've got on all of the, one, on all of the team sites you've got. You've not seen that. I have not seen you that. You being an MVP okay. as well. But then again... Not everyone is, I mean, every team site has by default a OneNote, but not everyone is using it. So no, it might um, be that they're empty. It, correct. So they're not listed. So you get the ones that have actually been kicked off with content in that you've had access to. But okay. I can well imagine. But I have a question for you. And oh, I know we're, okay. we're moving around. You said loops in whiteboard. Going to be. Okay. They're going to be everywhere. They're going I, to be I, in I PowerPoint and they're going to be in everywhere. Now, I, I'm now going to reverse my view on this a little bit. So I kind of purposely found things to use Loop for because I think yeah. it's just smart. Mm -hmm. But I am a bit concerned what's going to happen when it is everywhere. 
Yes. That's that's going to bother me a little bit. So because creating it is super easy, <coughs> working together on it is super and easy. And finding it and searching it. But then what if it's done? What if the yeah. What do you do when it's when the collaboration is done and you've got to finish? But thing? it's compliant. So you can retain it or delete it or you can do the same as you can with an Excel spreadsheet. What do you do with an Excel spreadsheet when it's finished? Okay. I'm fairly sure you yeah. archive it and label it and then you delete <laughs> it. Or you just forget about it. Yeah, okay. Okay. And that's why the fluid file gets loaded into different locations because based upon where you created it will define its compliance, retention, storage location, access, permissions, and everything else. So if it's in exchange... Which I think is super weird. But it's not. There was an old joke I heard once about a guy goes to on the side of the road and he says, excuse me, can you show me how to get to Arthur Road Police Station? And the guy looks at him and went, if I was going to Arthur Road Police Station, I wouldn't start from here. Exactly. All right? Yeah. But the fact is that we do start from wherever we're at at the time. Mm -hmm. So I want to be able to create a loop and I want to attach it and email it to these six people. All right. So it needs to store it based upon that story, which is an email with a retention of six months. Yes. But then afterwards, I want to share it with John. You're at it again. Yes. You're just going to quote something you know doesn't work. No. Oh, you're not. Then. I, I just learned an hour ago <laughs> that if I do it via email, it will be stored in my attachments folder. And if I do it via chat, it will be stored in my chat files. But you don't care about that. You only need to know it because you're a techie. Yes. You've got... To, no, okay, that's... Okay, I'll give you another na analogy, a, all right? We are going to drink a whiskey in a minute, which yes. we know is from a very Five special place. Five minutes to one minute. Yeah, that's good. All right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. going to be stored in a very special place. It's been in warehouse number one. Okay. All right? 40 meters from the sea. Yeah. All right? And with the salt and everything else in a Maker's Mark barrel mm -hmm. because we know which distillery it's in. Now, we know that. Yeah. Nobody else does. They just see it as a bottle of whiskey with a strange that's name. true. Yeah. That's too smoky and nobody will like it. Yeah. But they'll still go and buy it. Maybe. So it's the same with anything else. It's what you know and what you care about. So we care about it because we want to go find it. But most people will just say, oh, I sent it to John and go look in their sent emails and boom. And then when they get the app, the app will say, hey, these are all of your fluids. It won't even tell them where they're stored. It's... Yes. 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 I get it. Now, I, that I, I said, as a closing re remark, I do think Microsoft is biting a little more of than they can chew. So they Maybe the reason have the done yeah. Fluid because that's a Notion. Uh, so you've got Notion as an app that does the same thing as Fluid, but then without the whole Office 365 behind it. They've now released Designer, which is a competitor to Canva. Oh, no, not released, but announced. Um, oh, well, they've released it. I've got it, I think, on one of my machines. Or I accessed it. No, I didn't. No. I accessed the website and then said, hey, you can now register to be exactly. a Exactly, you can pre-register. I yes, apologize. Yes, yes. Yeah, you're right. So they now released uh, Clipchamp, which is a competitor to Camtasia. Um, so, so you mean that Microsoft are positioning themselves in the market to uh, to be competitors? No, they're adding a bunch of applications to the Office 365 space um, or Microsoft 365 space, right? Which is not really necessarily a problem, but still, I Am don't I know. Distracting you? Yes, you are by pouring whiskey. In bottles, in glasses. No, that's okay. Um, I don't know. I, listen, the bottom line is that we don't know what the strategy is of Microsoft most of the time. No, it's true. But when I look at uh, Matt Waite's periodical table that he created last time versus the one that is out now, it, there, there's 
the, the amount of applications is almost doubled. Cool. Cool. Great. Yeah. Why the, is it our toolbox is bigger? It's true. I've got a bigger toolbox than you've got. True. And I probably don't know how to handle half of the tools that you've got. <laughs> that is a great response. That's true. <laughs> but but you but okay, I listen, we can go around this round and round. I'm not quite sure why you have this in your head, but <laughs> I don't know. If either. you go to Word. Yes. If you go to Excel. Yeah, there are a bunch there's, of There's 80% features. of you don't know what to no, do with exactly. anyway, you know, yeah. unless you're a statistician or you're a lawyer. Or, yeah. So they, they build it for the different markets. That's true. The, the beauty of Loop is it's in its simplicity at the moment, in that you can do a number of things, but then you can basically do anything you want with it. You can now add images, which you couldn't do before. We're only this far away, for example, of adding screenshots and things. Oh, we're probably only this far away from it becoming OneNote Loop. All right, we're probably only this far away from it to become, you know, they're building more and more functionality into it, but they're trying to work out how. And so the canvas is what's actually changing, isn't it? So yeah. the fluid canvas is a new way of doing things. So, yeah. for example, it might replace the whiteboard canvas because Why they're maybe? finding... To, so there's some kind of strategy in there somewhere, but we just don't know what it is. And That's they true. don't either. Thank you, Microsoft. I love Fluid. Loop. What was it called before? Uh, same. Fluid. Yeah, no, it, it, Fluid is the name of the framework, which I think is a is a really good name. But then they tried to add a marketable name to the application. Like Loop. Like Loop, yeah. Ah, well. I like Fluid better. Anyway, doesn't matter. All right, we're nearly on our hour. Jesus. So oh, sorry, yeah. dear listeners, that you had to stick Put out for an podcast. hour. Cool. All right, so we have a whiskey. We have a whiskey. All right. Um, <coughs> we are both friends of Lafrague. Yes. Uh, Very dear friends. Dear friends. Yes. Um, and we've talked about this before, so... Lafrague has a reputation for being incredibly PT and, and uh, you know, you love or hate it. Yeah. Uh, it's one of your favorite Eileys, I guess, or Ben yeah. Harbin might yeah. be, but one of the, uh, in that space. I'm very envious that you've been there. Do yeah. you get to visit Warehouse Number One on the tour? Uh, no, we just went in for a few drinks. Okay, cool. More than a few drinks. All right, so there it is. So this is um, uh, Cast Strength. So it's 52%. Oh. So it's uh, straight out the barrel. Um, it is, uh, it says here, matured exclusively in warehouse number one, our shoreline stronghold since 1830. Was it you was telling me that it burned down once? I read somewhere, that I think it's now in, it, in its, it may well have been there since 1830, but it's not the original one. It's burnt down once, I think, or no, or it got blown down by the uh, by a storm. That's right. Okay. So yes, it uh, it's had tw it's been done twice, but okay. they don't care because it just adds so much to the whiskey. Okay, I get it. I get it. So yeah, there yeah. you go. All right. So I ordered this, and I have had a taste. I th I have to say, I think it's very very cool. All right, but I. Just get a hint that Lafrague is kind of fearful of their old audience. They're frightened that, you know, new audiences won't pick it up. And they seem to have taken an edge off of their whiskies. That's actually what I've heard um, as well a few times already, is that if you want a real proper Lafrague, take a bottle that was sold a few years ago. Yeah, I think so. And the last few years that they've taken off a little edge. Yeah. I mean, I can understand why they, they've got a market to support and yeah. the whiskey growth, of course, in the last five or ten mm -hmm. years. But I remember taking this and not being able to drink it without a glass of water on the side. Literally, yeah. it would mm -hmm. dry your mouth out so much. But that seems to have disappeared in the, the newer versions. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So this is a special edition. Um, it's chosen by the um, uh, for the friends by the uh, brewer whose name the master blender whose name's disappeared, but he only started last year, didn't he? Oh yeah, yes, um, a new guy. Because I, I get the emails and they actually had a, a new person mm. that just started. Yeah, yeah. true. So uh, so what do we get here? So uh, on the nose, well the that medicinal the nose is. Typical Lefrog. Now, is, the yes. funny thing with Lefrog is it's next to next door to Artbeg and next door to Lagavulin. You can actually walk from one to the other two distilleries. It's on the same road. They're 500 meters apart from each other. Excellent. Yet, Would you make the third one? That's the question. <laughs> yet, they are all so different. Wow. And Lefrog has got that. Typical Lafroig nose, and I can I can just I can just smell that this is a Lafroig. I can smell it's not a Lagavulin. I can smell it's not an Arbeck. Very typical. I agree with that. Oh, yeah. yeah, you need a, a few inches from your nose. It takes your brains off. Good. <laughs> so on the nose, uh, peaty, sweet, and nutty with medicinal notes. But I've lost that from when I tasted it last weekend. That oh no, it is there. Yeah, and it's Dried a bit a, well. a bit lemony, bit citrusy. Yeah, full bodied with vibrant aromas from nose to finish. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah. What does that say? <sighs> <sighs> the first one did on the last time I drank it too. Oh, it's got a bite. But the second time, I remember the last time, the second time round, it was uh, a lot easier. It's killed the nerves. But it has got a bite. Uh, and then you get the, the ash and tar. Yes, the I finish. definitely get the ash. There's no peppery notes. It's a bit salty. Actually, as you wait, it gets very salty and, and peppery. But it's about 20 seconds in. The finish is fabulous. Oh, I like the salt. It's really strong, isn't it? Yeah. And that's what you always get with a, with a Lefrig. It's yeah. very, very salty, very medicinal. I love that. Really, well, really love that. When I first tasted it, I said to you, hey, yes, it's nice. But yeah. I, I thought when I said earlier today, it wasn't really wow, but I'm changing that a little bit now on this uh, retasting. No, I I kind of understand what you mean. I also don't get a... I'm, I'm not blown away by this. It Don't, underst don't, don't misunderstand me. It is, it's a nice drink. It's a good drink. But if we would compare this to the default 10-year-old... Don't know. I'm, I mean, the, the second and third taste of this is or just the that quarter, much more. The quarter cask, for example. If we would that is a special put drink, these two it? next to each other, I don't know how much extra oomph this gives. Um, I could go and get the quarter cask in. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, we're not going to do it now no. on the podcast. I think no. we'll... Uh, but as you can see, as, as you go for that second taste, as it starts to... You get a lot more subtleties in the dried fruit. Yeah. There's even a hint of orange on the back of the throat. But I always pick up orange, and I think that that's just to me. But mm. It's true. The body it is, a, is, it is more complex. Mm. That's true. It that, feels that first, more matured, actually. Yeah. That, that first sip is really blows your brains. But as, as your mouth gets used to it, and as your uh, palate starts to sort of the second and third becomes quite complex. Yeah. And warm even. Mm. But I think that's the cast strength. So you know you've got that kind mm. of uh, whatever yeah. it is, this is getting better and this is my second glass. So I wonder what the third one's going to be like. Mm -hmm. Which I'll pick up at some point. Anyway. <clears throat> well this was an interesting podcast, wasn't it? Yeah, it's mainly me Bitching about loop, 
loop and, and other stuff. So. But I, th- I think it was nice to start off with some of the techie stuff we've been up to and, and having that chat around some real-time projects. Yeah, well, the, the original premise of the podcast is us sitting together in a bar drinking a whiskey. And that's always a pleasure. Yeah. And you do realize in less than a month that we'll be sitting in a bar in Vegas. Exactly. And a few days before in uh, Los that Angeles. In Los Angeles, yes. So, so we just need to find a few good whiskey places, which um, I'm sure will be not really Yes, I really need to chase a few uh, folks around and say, hey, we're going to be there. And uh, uh, there's a few friends I'd like to catch up with. Um, so we need to think about what we're doing, but uh, but this time, well, we need to think about what we are doing. Yes. We never think about what yeah, we do. I'm still toying over the idea of a tattoo from Vegas or L- LA. I did this last time, and I I always chicken out. So oh, that would be an interesting okay, something. Let's get matching I know tattoos. You said. Let's get matching tattoos yeah. in Vegas. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Let's get his and her tattoos in Vegas. Oh, God, his yes. and his. Yes. <laughs> I think that is a brilliant idea to celebrate 100 podcast episodes. Oh, that's and, an interesting um, thought. Yes. <coughs> I think that is, that's a cool idea. All right. Matching tattoos. Let's not tell our wives. No, till no, afterwards. Until afterwards. All right. So anyway, just just to be clear for everybody else, so we have this itinerary, and you will be hearing about it. Where we we're landing in LA, we're going to take a car and drive to Vegas. So we'll go through the desert and yeah. a non-disclosed convertible. A <laughs> non-disclosed convertible. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to do that. Uh, we arrive on the Monday before uh, Microsoft 365 conference. Uh, we're both speaking at the conference, so yep. I've just been noted for uh, a speak, and then we're running our adoption workshop. So if you are going to the Microsoft 365 conference, we would love to see you on the 9th, on the Friday. Um, we have some places still available. Yeah. That was an understatement. Um, and uh, so come join us. It's fun. You get to play with Lego. You get to see the model for how you can apply Adcar in a very practical way. Exactly. So. I just want to touch on that. It is super practical is. and you will walk away with a full bag of golden nuggets. A full adoption plan. Yeah, actually. you will actually. That is true. So that'll be pretty cool. Uh, but this is, yeah, I've enjoyed it. Two yep. guys at a bar drinking whiskey, true. talking shit. Yes. About loop. Amongst others. <laughs> yes. Alrighty. So, um, yeah, it's time to say goodbye. So, uh, on the note of a 52.2% um, Cadiz Lafrague whiskey. And a great conversation, my friend. I enjoyed that immensely. I am going to say goodbye and hand over to Moraine. Thank you so much for putting up with me another episode. And talk to you very, very, very soon. <laughs>